Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. from the singing <clears throat> there's a lot that could have been better at Halloween Havoc and NXT's presentation of it at the host Shopsy Blackheart um, I don't know what I should um, say about this tonight other than there's one moment in particular that just really grinded on my nerves, and I'll, I will get to that eventually on this long-winded rant. I mean, review. Review, that's what it is. Yeah, review. Ladies and gentlemen, my name... I'm not going to do the Paul Heyman thing. I'm Brian Rails. Who the fuck else? I'm the host of Wrestle Radio Network and Off the Rails Uncensored. And tonight, I will review both... Well, actually, there's some focal points that I really would like to focus on for AEW Dynamite tonight. And... And... NXT. I have an itch, folks, on my nose. Jesus Christ. So, anyways, tonight from the Capitol Wrestling Center... In Orlando, Florida, NXT was to partake in a rendition of Halloween Havoc. So the very first match, the curtain jerk, if you will, Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano. Now, considering the fact that they have very limited resources and you can't really gig and you can't really do certain things and it's a family-oriented show, I don't think NXT is family-oriented to say the least, and... There are some people eligible for return, and I will, again, get to that later. But first off, the match between Gargano and Damian Priest, I, um, there's a reason why certain wrestlers can do well with the crowd, without a crowd. Um, they're called performers, and they, you know, as a former member of the business, but I still consider myself one of the managers in pro wrestling that's not heard of yet and will not be heard of because people say, who the fuck? Who are you? I've never seen you before in my life. But anyways, enough about me. Let's talk about the match, shall we? As you can tell about the pure excitement in my voice when I try and discover something new, right? Damian Priest and Gargano's match from start, you know, it's a falls count anywhere because it was spin the wheel. And Gargano, you know, of course, plays the I hate, you know, wheels, I hate this, I hate that. Well, I mean, I don't know who interfered in that match. I honestly don't, I mean, people are like, well, you're intrigued. The interference spot was so fucking cheesy. 
between whomever the fuck it was in the Grim Reaper scream horrid Halloween costume mask. That kind of piqued my interest just a little bit, so it's not all negative. But at the same token, the match was shitty. Uh, Damian Priest, I don't know. I mean, he kind of, nah, I really am going to be dead honest with you in my review. It felt like he hesitated on a couple spots here and there throughout the match. The choke slam and, you know, draping Gargano and going for it all, I, I get it. It's a nor- it's, it was for the North American Championship and Gargano made history, so whatever. I just wasn't very thrilled, not the outcome, but how the match took place and what story were you trying to tell? It's like Gargano obviously isn't going to beat Priest by himself, so you know he's going to give the dirty heel tactic to run interference, and he's like, it looks like you've seen a ghost, Vic Joseph, for the love of God. I get that you're a color commentator, but can you please, for the love of all that is good and fucking decent, can you use another phrase when there's a big giant move in the match instead of you stubbing your fucking toe under the desk? Where's Waldo? Where's Vic's announcing skills? For fuck's sakes, oh, is not a point of emphasis during the fucking match. And if they could find it in their hearts to find a replacement suitable for Vic Joseph and put him back in NXT UK, that would be wonderful. Because that is why, that is partially why, the ratings are so fucking low. And finally, Wade uncorked. Even though some of the shit that he says, you can clearly tell has been notated and told to say. Why? Because you, in wrestling, you may be the most unique gimmick ever and you may have the most uh, points when it comes to fandom, but... I'm happy that Wade blasted Vic Joseph because I'm not trying to be mean, dude, but your announcing skills are absolutely horrid. Calling the action is one thing. Vic Joseph just has that voice for radio, right? So he must have a skill set or two when it comes to commentating. Oh, yeah. It's bad when I start roasting NXT. Because though there are some good things tonight, you guys really, really need to step up your game. The ladder match tonight with Io Shirai and Candice, I'm going to save for last. Because really, folks, tonight the whole Cameron Grimes House of Horrors with uh, Dexter Loomis was very odd. I like Dexter Loomis. I think he's a... Great superstar with lots of layers that can be just peeled away, peeled away, and you still find more layers of weird and cool and holy shit, I can't believe this dude is impervious to pain type shit. But that whole entire match was absolutely a reminder of why WWE loses ratings during the ratings war, and and with AEW, that is. I'm not singing AEW's praises yet either because – you know, tonight on Dynamite, the only thing that caught my attention was FTR talking about how they're going to, you know, there's going to be an absolute great match. And they don't understand why Nick Jackson and his tag partner, the New Bucks, is doing the things they're doing in the locker room. There, I shifted. I had to shift, folks, because it's been a while since something has awakened in me. And I will explain a little later on as the show progresses. I'm going to take a break from the uh, random rambling and take time out to say if you would like to join a true professional wrestling school, there are a lot, there are plenty, there are many, but there's one in particular that is extremely unique and that is Danny Cage's, actually the world famous Monster Factory owned and operated by Danny Cage. For more information, you can visit the website at www.monsterfactory.org. 
If you have any questions, do not email the office. Trust me, you don't want to try that. Also, the phone number for the school is located directly on the website at monsterfactory.org. That again, that is monsterfactory.org. Make your dreams of becoming a professional wrestler, announcer, commentator, ring announcer, professional woman wrestler, man male wrestler. Invest in yourself today, folks, because I've been to that school, let's see here, two or three, yeah, two or three times now. And I must tell you, that school is for real. It's trained, oh, Matt Riddle, Damian Priest, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, under the direction of Larry Sharp, it was King Kong Bundy, Godfather, Deagle Brown. I mean, the list is endless. Tammy Lynn Stitch. Although I don't think most people know that name unless you follow wrestling. Sonny, you know, kind of the controversy with the whole um, thing between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Too soon? Okay. So anyways, folks, back to the reviewing and the craziness. But before that, I'm going to take a side... Jam. Actually, I'm just going to take time to say thank you to all the crazies listening in on my show, Toronto, Canada, Tokyo, Japan, Latvia, Indonesia, the United States of America, Mexico, Barcelona, Spain, <clears throat> Rome, Toscana, you name it. It's well worth the wait, right? Thank you guys so much for listening during these crazy times and COVID-19 and all this nonsense going on politically wise. So, back to the back to the lovely grind, right, of reviewing WWE's Halloween Havoc and also AEW's Dynamite. Both shows I mean, they had a town hall in AEW, which was interesting, but was funny was, and Tony Schiavone is the moderator, and whomever Gonzalez, a dentist, a demented dentist, gimmick, how many dentist gimmicks have there been? There's only been Isaac Yankum, Britt Baker asked Chris Jericho questions, Eric B., that's hilarious. He can't say his full name because WWE owns the rights, question mark. I, I mean, seriously? Eric B. from blah, 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 blah. I have a three-pronged question. What are you going to do for Jericho and the Inner Circle, and will you will you eventually turn your backs on them and stab them in the back? Um... I thought it was it was funny because they're teasing it, teasing it, teasing it, and who knows that eventually things are going to explode, right? MJF might actually infiltrate the inner circle and break it up for good, or I don't see that happening because that's kind of how wrestling fans be, right? And I'm surprised to see actual fans in the audience, or maybe it was a professional wrestler, I don't know, at a AEW showing a dynamite. So, anyways, that will happen at Full Gear, which you can catch on the Fight Network for their more uh, for more information on how to get AEW's pay-per-view. Check your local internet listings. Also, go to the AEW website. That'd probably be most helpful. And just look up AEW's Full Gear, and it'll tell you instruction-wise on how you can get the pay-per-view for Full Gear. Okay, folks, if I'm going to do this shit, I'm going to do it in order. I know that it's very unprofessional. I just go down the list that really pissed me off. It was like a live episode of a sh- It was like a NXT live show. It really, the feel was not, uh, wow, it's going to separate into Halloween Havoc. I mean, I just, I was disappointed in some of it. Because I knew that it could have been better, especially with spin the wheel type thing. So it's just like haunted house of terrors. Okay. <sighs> Capital Wrestling Center in Orlando, Florida. Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, let's see here. 
band performs the entrance of NXT North American champion Damian Priest. Every time a band plays somebody's entrance, they lose. And the only time that someone won was Triple H against Sting, which is crap. Okay. So the bell rings. Priest drops Gargano. Stars Gargano yells at Blackheart. This will be no DQ. Falls count anywhere. Priest. And then let's see here. Hits Gargano with a flatliner. Oh, somebody knows terms. And they know move names, so I don't know how that... Okay, blah, blah, blah. We know Gargano wins because of cheap heat. Pat McAfee is backstage talking to Oni Larkin and Danny Birch. And then you see Cameron Grimes worried about tonight's match with Dexter Loomis. William Regal makes Grimes go out to the parking lot. Grimes wants to wrestle in the ring, but Regal isn't hearing it. Blah, blah, blah. So basically... Or McPhee McAfee brags about last week's title change and also his recent Takeover 30 match with Adam Cole, baby. McAfee insults the crowd. It says. McAfee decided to reach out to the guy who took out his guy, Holland. Lorcan and Birch are all about McAfee's money deal. And the time was right. He goes on, blah, blah, blah. Kyle O'Reilly came out by himself. Wow. Um, Okay, so then Pete Dunne. Yeah, Pete Dunne showing up. They're like, this causes interest and intrigue now. I, without the full-on fledged, you know, crowd cheering behind and all that shit, some of them, yeah, some of them, no. But Pete Dunne, in a sense, oh, you know what, fuck it. It's actually intriguing with uh, Pat McAfee and his, well, his kind of style, I mean, maybe he was meant to be a wrestler. Maybe he wasn't. I don't know. But the whole feud, they're at least building something between undisputed Pat McAfee, Oni Lurkin, Danny Birch, and now Pete Dunne. So that's four members, and now we're just waiting on four. So now undisputed is now going to be even bigger as baby faces. Does that bother me? I don't know. I mean, it really shouldn't bother me. Oh, for any further questions, folks, about this content or what we're discussing, you can go to Wrestle underscore Radio on Instagram and message message me directly through there or at underscore Beach or Brian Rails on Twitter, Wrestle Radio Network forward slash Facebook dot com for the Facebook stuff. O'Reilly got his ass beat. Whoop de doo. Cruiserweight Championship, fuck that. I'm not reviewing it. Uh, Santos Escobar, who cares? Uh, very talented dude. Obviously, he wouldn't be in WWE if they didn't see him as one, and obviously, a Jordan Devlin didn't uh, lose his freaking mind being a woman beater. But anyways, WWE cut ties with that, and I get riddance, whatever. Anyway, Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Gonzalez. the One of the lone bright spots of Halloween Havoc. It was a really good match. I thought it told a story. And Rhea Ripley hit Riptide eventually. I mean, there's a lot of back and forth. A lot of back and forth. Rhea Ripley be on the top turnbuckle and Gonzalez would come after. And, you know, during most of the match, it was just like two of the top women in the company, aside from Sasha and Bailey. They gave that feel like they gave the crowd a story, and they gave it in stages. They, you know, they just did the best they could, and you can tell that Gonzalez was calling a lot of the match, and it was great because Rhea trusted her. And I thought the pace of the match was good, and I think this was probably one of the best matches tonight. To be honest with you, best things to happen. Um, and then you had Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. And, folks, I think this is going to be the time in which you can just uh, now turn that dial up or you can turn it down. Because the following content that is about to be released on air is not suitable for minors under the age of 18. 
if they so much as uh, repeat what I have to say, I can honestly fucking tell you, um, it's not my fault that we already we are already in a state of emergency, kind of, sort of, with all the weather shit going on and the pandemic. And then, yes, steal a line from another Cinderella story. I should really breathe in between my monologues. Any reproduction or likeness thereof of Off the Rails Uncensored, a coin, and official podcast since March 7th and in 2016. It will be an automatic $45 fine, and it will go directly into my pockets. Anyways, enough of the uh, intro. Time for review on Halloween Havoc. Monkeys in the truck. Hit my music. Ooh, yeah. Look in my eyes. What do you see? The cost There comes a point when you or I or anyone who has been on the other side of the curtain to be asking ourselves if we are to watch professional wrestling. simple way to go about watching it is not so simple because we look at it differently now that we've seen the inner workings of it. It's like knowing the tricks to Houdini's whatever he did. You know, oh wait, that was a Magic. Granny Holkster and myself and even Lady Lynn, we have a way that we watch wrestling. If someone doesn't sell a move, I guess we should be apt to be like, okay, well, I guess I'm old school. If someone wrapped a chair around my fucking ankle and I didn't sell that move, um, for starters, she stood... Two feet and fucking no sold the fact, or she no sold what Io Shirai just did to her. Imagine a steel chair wrapped around your fucking foot and you gator roll, or actually not gator roll, you just swinging neck breaker off the apron onto a table and you're standing just fine. Do you not see the fucking problem in that? They're like, well, there's. That's just how modern wrestling is. That's the style now. Um, well, from what I understand, from what I gather, from what I've trained for in professional wrestling, is that whenever someone starts working on a body part and you don't fucking sell that shit, then the audience really starts to, you know... Rip you a new fucking asshole. And Candace, nice, you know, when I met you at Wrestling Revolver, but dear, when someone gives you a move and you sit there and literally not, you don't sell it for shit. I don't care if it was a clothesline, that, if you get up from that, cool. A clothesline, whatever. A drop kick and you don't sell that shit, which I would hope you fucking do. Cool. As long as you have been in the business longer than moi, longer than uh, your husband. But what the fuck, dude? It's like watching someone, you know, who is trained in professional wrestling and has given great matches over her career. Completely shit all over what Io Shirai was trying to do, and I guess... When she landed off the ladder, it was like, am I supposed to be impressed? Am I supposed to feel good? Am I supposed to feel bad? What am I? What is the message you were trying to send? This is why Candice, for now, will not be an NXT Women's Champion. Is because there's some shit that needs to be polished a lot. And I hate critiquing NXT because 
one of the shows that I actually look forward to watching. You know, when you work 10 hours a day sometimes, you want something that will aesthetically please your eyeballs and make you go, man, I want to watch you. As far as, like, her prowess goes from, you know, going from the independent scene to bigger companies and Japan and everywhere else where Candace gets accolades and even as a heel, she sucks. I'm sorry. Her and her husband, uh, Gargano, what's the difference? He transitioned a lot in NXT. He didn't stay the same. He evolved his character just a smidgen, not too much. He's still creative. He's still doing the thing with the thing, dude. And, uh, He won a championship, and she didn't. I can see why, because they're building and building and building a few. And I'm I'm hinging on the fact that you may see a large portion of the female roster getting involved in main event. Why? It's nothing to take away from Candice, but boy, dude, if you're on the apron, and your ankle is put through, or if your foot is put through a chair and it twists. And then she gets up as if nothing fucking happened. And Io Shirai gets tossed from the top of the apron onto tables. My thought process, because I was half fucking awake when I watched this shit, was gee, you think that NXT has been exempt from my rants and my. Raves about how things need to be fucking fixed. Who trained her? Wait a minute. Let me answer my own question. Actually, that would be, you know, really what needs to be done at this point before I go further. Chris Hero, Jesus Christ. Oh, trained by Jesse Hernandez. And Jesse Hernandez is wrestling. Jesse an American professional wrestler, trainer, and actor. He's an independent wrestling organization, Empire Wrestling Federation, based in San Bernardino, California. So Jesse Hernandez, let's see here. He has trained or helped wrestlers such as Marina, Melina Perez, Rico Costantino, Rocky Ramiro, Ricky Reyes, Alex Kozlov, Awesome Kong, Kaya Stevens, you know, Yada, Layla L. So she trained under this guy. If she trained under this guy, my question to you is, I am not understanding how the fuck Why? I mean, tonight's match was supposed to be a ladder match, and the title was really high above there. Just some sloppiness, man. It can be fucking fine-tuned. And the only... Actually, there's a lot of things that I have issues with Candace. It's not the fucking gimmick. It's not that she's not trying. It's the presentation. When... I literally sit there and watch you. I want to be told a story. And I've fucking said this a million times. And part of that story is if you fucking sit there on the top of the apron and you're going to do a DDT, I can under. If you pop back up from that shit, I'm going to start straight up shooting on your ass in the ring if I were competing against you. And then they said, well, that's why you'll never wrestle. That's why you'll never do... Um, Look. Yes, wrestling is constantly evolving itself. And I really find it amusing that nobody... Fans are like, well, that's wrestling. No. What that was was a big slot fest or spot fest where people who genuinely like professional wrestling and think that, you know, it's a it's a fucking therapy for me and it really pisses me off when someone disregards the fact that when you are a performer, you gotta give the fans something to lean on. 
Well, he didn't give us a fucking table leg to lean on. And calling you names would not solve anything, but maybe suggesting things. Not just the one instance, but when you how you how are you supposed to brace for a fucking ladder bump? And that shit probably hurt. Am I making excuses for people? No. But was the match entertaining to an extent? Yes. I'm not going to lie. I didn't want Candace to win, and that's for the simple fact that if she won, then it would have made it too obvious for all the fucking smarts and the rest of the fans that follow this shit. I want, you know, the Rhea Ripley-Raquel Gonzalez match, you ladies deserve a standing ovation. And if you probably would have gotten one had there been a crowd there, because that was one of the best matches of the night. Uh, The match between Gargano and Priest, I honestly, folks, um, Gargano's still doing crazy shit. It's just evolved. Uh, I don't know where the you know the story will be, but I wish that Survivor Series. You know, speaking of which, I was hoping that NXT would have been included in the whole Raw SmackDown Live type thing, because I itself so. And they better have a takeover before Survivor Series. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they will. I like this guy. They better have a takeover. Because there's so much shit going on, dude. I think the answer to your question, Bill, is there's less resources because a lot of people have been testing positive for COVID-19. And that includes people in the NFL who some of them, I don't know why the fuck you guys aren't listening. And two... Major League Baseball. So, that's my answer to that question, is simply that if there's a risk, health-wise, you know, because you're in the ring, sweating all over your opponent, right? Not only sweating, but breathing on them. Tonight's version of Halloween Havoc, I'm not so sure I really want to remember it. It did go all over the place, you know, the match with uh, Damian Priest and also Gargano. Is it any different from any one of his regular matches? And tonight's field just had that fucking vibe that it was not special because, you know, they're like, well, we don't want to lose ratings against AEW, so we're just going to do a live stream of it. Or a live show, I should say. Well, they did a show in which had several matches and (laughs) again, I don't want to completely rant all on a commentator who was trying to do his damnedest to do his Mario Ronello impression or J- channel his inner JR or channel his inner God, I hate referencing the dude, Michael Cole. And it's not working because commentators are to thrive on telling us a story that if we were blind and we just heard the words, we could be able to depict what was going on in our heads. And so, every time that I thought for sure NXT would turn a corner and get better, turn a corner and get better. It's gotten to the point, folks, where it's just like, okay, I'll give one match an accolade, or if I find one, I'll give one a shout. Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez, you guys absolutely 
did the best thing possible, and that was tell the fans a story. Starts off like a crescendo, you know, with all these fucking exchanges of forearms and clotheslines and kicks to the mat, and Rhea Ripley headbutts Mia, or not Mia Yim, headbutts Raquel Gonzalez. You two women did a fucking amazing job at this shit. That is what I call good pro wrestling. Not, and I repeat, just if you're hesitant about fucking gigging, you did it before when you came into the fucking league, right? The big leagues, that is. I don't care if you consider, like, he took a cement tombstone, okay, so they gigged him when they're with the piece. And you can see it was bleeding just a little bit. I don't have to have blood and guts, you know, like certain fans would want to see the summer sadist. And you can tell. So, okay, let me see here. Because I, yeah, I completely agree, dude. Something should have been on the line, the tag team championships. Hell, you know what? NXT needs a new championship outside of the North American championship. The only problem is they're probably going to have Johnny defend the championship, I don't know, on TakeOver Sunday before Survivor Series. I just, I don't know. There are several flaws within the schemes of what NXT is trying to do, except for the whole undisputed coming back and actually being uh, known as, well, they've never been that popular, but what I'm trying to get at is undisputed era versus Pete Dunn versus. Done. Pat McAfee, Tony Logan, Danny Birch. Four on four, right? When it happened at TakeOver, the four Survivor Series. That's kind of the predictability that we have going on in WWE right now, in some aspects. I'm happy that NXT's on Wednesdays. I'm also happy that on Thursdays I can watch full episodes without having phone ADHD. It's a thing, folks. It's a thing. Wow, 21 minutes. Now I am going to switch gears to, uh, well, let's see here, Vic Joseph, who's dressed like Waldo. Next time, dude, just shift and disappear. Man, that was totally random. Why the hell? Oh, yeah. Now I remember. Oh! Now I don't. It sounds like you're having extreme pain and getting hit in the balls. When you're doing announcing, especially when it's a televised event, it's Halloween Havoc, could you please use some form of expression, aside from reading from the the, the Thetharist, sorry, I hate fucking pronouncing English language type shit. He's probably a decent guy, but at the same time, probably a pretentious snob. Outside of uh, WWE I get that vibe off of Big Joseph That if you're not uh, One of his friends Or that you're not Acclimated to help compliment him I thought it was funny when Wade Made a comment About his wardrobe And absolutely obliterated him Did I enjoy Yes I enjoyed that Because There are certain things 
in this life that are never free. And one of them is how you can capture the audience with what you are doing and saying. Being a pro wrestling announcer means you better tell the fucking story or it's going to go to shit. I said this countless times, folks. I hate reviewing NXT like this. There's something missing. And it's not good that I can find that because I still love the black and gold brand. Um, well, AEW did kind of pique my interest when they said something about MVP or MJF, sorry. Thinking about her business, said no one ever. Um when MJF was like, well, I'm a good friend, and I could, I, I'm not a good team player. Maybe you could teach me. That's kind of funny coming from MJF. Even you know, I know it's, I know that it's storyline, dude. You don't have to freak out. Any uh, questions, comments, concerns, folks? You can. Message me at Russell underscore radio. That's Russell underscore radio for the Instagram at underscore Brian Rails on Twitter. And for Facebook, sorry, I had a momentary pause. Russell Radio Network forward slash Facebook dot com. Just be sure that you keep your messages short and sweet and to the point like that. <laughs> I love Kyle. Dude, yes. I haven't heard from you in forever. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, point of emphasis when you're saying phrase or when you're mentioning something big that's happening or going on in the ring, you need to not only enunciate, but you need to quit pretending that your toe has been cut off under the desk by a circular buzzsaw. Look, fix, dude. Fix that shit, too, because I I love NXT, but I had to put it on mute. My roommates almost ripped me a new asshole. We can't hear what he's saying. Well, then we're fucking Bose Portables. I think Wade Barrett's finally loosening up. I just think the biggest problem is that Phoenix should not be sitting at that commentating table. She should be managing someone like Raquel Gonzalez or, you know, both Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley. And I know that she hates it, but it is what it is. I think that, like I said, Beth's a good person, and I don't think she's a bad wrestler. I do think that there needs to be a lot of shit fixed at the commentary booth or commentary table. And it's just like, it could have been just a regular episode of NXT, but since we're near Halloween, let's do Halloween Havoc, yay. It was so bad that I wasn't really paying attention until I saw, again, from my peripheral, of what Miss Candice did on the apron. She's a no-no. She landed flat on the apron great, but she sold her ankle for how long? Like five to five to ten minutes? No. Not even a minute and a half. She just gets up, stands on her two feet, and gives Io Shirai the give for the table. I'm sorry, folks. I... I still am at a loss for words on how that shit managed to go down without... If I was Hunter, which I'm not, if I was somebody in the backstage area when they came back through the curtain, I would ask Candace, like, how are you feeling? Are you, are you okay? Whatever. For the same token, I'm not really a fan of hers or her husband's. Again, because people constantly lie... And those two, I don't know how this all pans out, but I am, I'm just, I don't want to discuss them much further because it's going to give me even more of a headache, creative speaking wise. I'm glad Io Shirai won. I'm not happy. 
if it wasn't for the NXT Women's Championship. Sorry, folks. Trying to stay awake and my stuff is all acting up, so. I think I'm going to call it a night, folks. I'm not going to go around in circles without criticizing Big Joseph and Candice LeRae since those who seem to be the center point focus of uh, my rant and rave. You just can't have a shit show, man. You just can't. You're low in ratings. You need all the help you can fucking get. And we're sitting there playing pussyfoot in some areas. Some other areas you did great. You had Undisputed now who has incentive to beat the fuck out of Pat McAfee and his goons. And then you've got incentive to start feuding Io Shirai and Candace again. But at the same fucking token, I guess, you know, one of these days, Candace is going to win. And if you say takeover, son of a bitch, we need to quit making this shit obvious. Some of it's just like you can tell been scratches on the card. Last minute changes, you know, due to a roster that either believes in this pandemic or does not believe in this pandemic. Sorry, folks. I'm in between news report and fucking wrestling, apparently. There are certain things about the feel and having and how it really wasn't there was no cage match, so there was a false count anywhere. So we're supposed to be dissatisfied with one aspect of the whole fucking spiel, right? I'm not satisfied, and I'm sure others are not either. The Capitol Wrestling Center is just like a mini version of the Thunderdome. It really, it's hard as a fan to sit and watch NXT and say, Things like NXT, NXT, when you know they're just playing recorded audio from a show and just literally, it's like putting a microphone near stereo. You know you're going to have a very bad reaction if there's some lightning outside. But other than that, I'm doing just fine, folks, if you couldn't tell by the yawn. What I'm trying to say in a long about long winded fucking rant is fix the shit. NXT can do so much better. Bring someone down that was once upon a time on the roster. We know that we can't do that. Yeah, I know they can't. But it's just a mere suggestion because AEW has been destroying you for the longest time in ratings. And you want numbers? Here, I'll give them to you. AEW ratings versus NXT. I'm going to read the numbers, folks, and these are not lies. This week's edition of WWE's Wednesday Night Wrestling Ratings War saw AEW Dynamite prevail over WWE NXT once again. Dynamite's two-hour broadcast on TNT averaged 866,000 while viewers while NXT brought in 732,000. So that's only 134,000 viewers less, right? So I think that was not what I'm trying to say. They beat SmackDown. Jesus Christ. Dynamite beat SmackDown in the ratings last week. The World Series caused SmackDown to move to FS1 for an op- or episode last Friday. They drew 881,000 viewers in total, and the ratings were not great either. In fact, compared to AEW Dynamite's performance last week, all elite wrestling beat SmackDown live in ratings. Uh, went over ratings and he discussed the situation. But the fact is the AEW SmackDown in ratings last week. SmackDown on a, is on a different network last week, but they're not talking about viewership numbers. The rating is based off percentage of their homes that carry a channel. It doesn't matter how people have a specific network available to them. That number is based off of how many people watch a show that could. Okay. 
Both AEW and SmackDown went against World Series games. Also, AEW went head-to-head against another pro wrestling program. They also beat NXT last week. So, in other words, whoever is dealing with the best they can because of circumstance and how superstars are wanting to take precaution and take time off because of COVID, again, it's difficult when your hands are tied, and it's also difficult when you've got wrestlers who, one, hesitate on a few spots, and two, don't sell, and you don't think fans won't fucking notice. I'm not pissed. I'm actually livid because had we done that shit in wrestling training where I trained, we would have been told, come on, if you're selling a body part, fucking sell it. She sold it for about two seconds. And it was like, it was really hard for me not to get fucking livid about it because it's like, if you did that shit in in front of people who aren't wrestling fans, they're going to look at that, you know, tape or that fucking highlight on the website and be like, see, I told you wrestling was fucking fake. It's that fake shit, you know, stage and choreograph shit. Thank you, Candace, for... You know, people already, I know, uh, you know, and they'll be like, well, she's like a dance. you got to have two to tango. It's also a dance that in which has some of the stuff in which you tell a story. And the story that was told to me was you don't give two flying shits whether or not you just stood on your feet after your ankle got wrapped into a chair and you saw a table that was propped up, and you took you to right through it because, like her husband, if there's no props or shit to go by or go, you know, reference for her or for Gargano to use for that matter, too, he can wrestle on the ground, man. He can. Her, too, because she's wrestled at Revolver shows and Evolve and a whole bunch of other wrestling companies. I want to point out to you folks, I'm not mad at her throughout other parts of the match, but that one part incinerated me. Not incinerated, but it just made me so mad. So, well, you know, Io Shirai, who comes from Japan, is trying to tell the fans a story and just, in general, give hope where hope is fucking needed. Because right now, to wrestling fans, it's like, we shouldn't nitpick, we shouldn't criticize. It's like you already, you know, start telling us what we can and can't do. I guarantee you, they're not going to like what they hear off this podcast, and I don't give two flying fucks. But when you, when I, who has seen other wrestlers take that move and genuinely sell it in the match has a stub, and then he comes back, or she comes back and goes down the aisleway as if it's a big deal. It is a big deal. It is a big deal that one thing, actually a few things, did not get sold. And I'm sitting there going, and this is why you do not win championships. Not just for the no-selling shit. It's for the fact that, think like an audience member. Some marks really want to see fast-paced shit, and they want to see Candace get right back on her feet and start beating Io Shirai's ass, or some fans are like, can you take it slow? This is a fucking last dance type thing. Can you make it worth our while? That's why I'm mad, because it just seems rushed. And I'm glad that EO won the cha- or retained her championship, but it's like, my God, motherfuckers. Someone could have gotten seriously hurt. And someone could have easily, you know, given the whole spiel of, you know, that she can sue you, right? Blah, blah, blah. I don't fucking care about that aspect. I'm like, dude, if I punched you right in the tits, or if I punched you where it could knock you out and you got right back up, I'm just going to tell you, you'd be getting a second punch upside the fucking head. If you no-sold my shit. 
if my trainer got in that ring and people would not sell his move. Nice knowing you. They said, well, that's a very old school mentality. You have to evolve. You have to evolve. Again, with the telling the fans what they can and can't do during a fucking pandemic to which we cannot show up to a show already and we have limited amount of money to spend for your merchandise, as is. Thank you, Klarna, for helping out with that. But um, it really, at this point, folks, has reached one of those, should I... Should I not? NXT, I'll still will watch your shit. It's not like I'm going to be one of those that I can't watch you anymore. This is the reason why AEW is better. And then you start chanting, you started chanting it during the fucking Hall of Fame at Mania 35. I mean, what to to mark out for yourselves? I love wrestling, period. But when people don't do it justice. And tell a fucking story, which is what I'm, where I'm coming from on this. How are you ever going to succeed in getting more ratings than AEW? Maybe that ought to lot of or light a fire under your asses. And you may be laughing as like, really, you think you'd run it better? Blindfolded. Because if you watch wrestling long enough, you're not going to people please the shit. But they're. There's got to be a light at the end of the tunnel. There's got to be some form of optimism, right? Please fucking prove me wrong when it comes to shit. If you go right and fall into the trap of giving me reasons to rant and rave, I'm glad, but also upset because I haven't ranted and raved about this in a long time. And let me turn it back to Vic Joseph. Find a phrase. Find Something that makes you useful because I am sick and tired of you pretending to stub a body part under the commentary desk and not even call the fucking action correctly because you're screaming as if you were trying attempting to be Mauro Ranello. Understand, dude, that dude is by far one of the best commentators I've heard in a while. Okay, and what really ticks me off, uh, including Jim Ross and, and Jerry Lawler, if you count that. But what really pisses me off, folks, is the fucking fact that we he he sits there with Wade Barrett, and sometimes it's a two-person team, sometimes it's three people, you know, with Beth Phoenix. What I'm getting at is learn to call matches. You could say stuff like, good night, so-and-so is all she wrote, blah, 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 blah. Just learn to fucking paint a picture for the entire mass audience, dude, and quit. I mean, I don't know. Corey Graves and Byron Saxon would have been a much better selection, but they've already done NXT. Would love to have Graves on NXT. You know why? Because he'd give it flavor. Wade Barrett's getting there as far as doing commentary without, you know, feeling forced and whatnot. So he's more looser tonight, and I liked it. So, anyways, folks, that's all I have for you tonight. And if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. And uh, toodles, bitches. I got to sleep, or else I was gonna be crankies in the morning. How's it going? <laughs> Personality. We are 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.